Hi there, this is Kevin Skinner, pastor at First Baptist Church in Stockdale, Texas, and welcome to our weekly message podcast. If you live in the Stockdale area, then I would invite you to join us every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. to worship with us in person. You can also check out our webpage at fbcstockdale.org. Here at First Baptist, we are a community church with a kingdom mission, and we invite you to join us on that mission. So back when Sarah and I started dating, I discovered that Sarah and her siblings, that they love musicals. They love watching the musicals, but they also enjoy singing the songs from the musicals. Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, Les Miserables, The Newsies, Phantom of the Opera, Oklahoma, The Music Man, you name it, they love it, and they love to sing it. And so... What has happened because they love these musicals is that many of these songs have just become burned in their subconscious. And so we might be having a conversation about something, and something is said that sparks their memory, and all of a sudden they just burst out into song. Right? All of a sudden we're in a musical. So music tends to be a big part of our lives as humans. We play songs at times of celebration. We play songs at times of sorrow. And sometimes music just gets burned into our subconscious. And, and, and when something sparks our memory, we might just find that, that we ourselves are bursting out into song. So we've been in a, in a series for the last several weeks titled A Soundtrack for Life. And... and and we're going we're gonna to wrap this series up today. Next week, we're going to launch into a new series in the book of Philippians titled Undeniable Joy. So come back for that next week. But as we've been going through this series, we, we've simply been looking at a different song in the book of Psalms each week. And here's my desire as we have walked through this series. My desire is that some of these songs that we've looked at in the book of Psalms, that, that they would get burned into your subconscious Maybe a story or an illustration that I've used has made a part of Scripture stand out to you, and so that gets burned into your subconscious. Maybe, maybe you're reading a psalm that, that you've read many times before, but you're seeing it in a new way, and so it gets burned into your subconscious. Maybe you're going home and you're reviewing all of your notes after the sermon, uh, just, just playing back through that. Don't dash my hopes, just let me believe that you're going through your notes every Sunday afternoon, right? But whatever the reason might be, my desire is that these songs would get burned into your subconscious so that as you're going through, through your day-to-day routines or maybe as you're going through some, some struggles or life's challenges, that maybe something would spark your memory and, and that not just one of these sermons would come back to your memory, but that one of these songs, that, that God's word would come back to memory and that you would be able to, in those moments, in those challenges, in those struggles, or just in your day-to-day routines, that you would be able to burst into song. That you would be able to spring forth from your heart that these words here from the book of Psalms. So if you have your Bible today, we're going to look at Psalm chapter 62. Psalm chapter 62, we're going to look at verses 1 through 12. That's the entirety of the chapter, Psalm 62, 1 through 12. And as you're turning there, let me just set this passage up for you. Psalm 62, once again, is a prayer from David. Now, 
Some of David's psalms, some of these songs are linked to specific events in his life, like uh, Psalm 51 that we looked at last week, uh, a prayer of repentance, a song of repentance uh, following his uh, adulterous relationship with Bathsheba. But the psalm that we're going to look at today is like Psalm 39 that we looked at a few weeks ago. It's not linked to any specific event in, in David's life. And I said this back when we looked at Psalm 39, but, but I love that we have some of these prayers that are linked to specific events in David's life, but I love that we also have these prayers that, that sometimes aren't linked to any specific event in David's life, because I believe that it's a great reminder for us that we don't need a specific event for us to spend time in prayer. We certainly can and most likely will spend time in prayer in those big events in life when those challenges come, but we also should spend time in prayer simply because we can. So let me just pause right here and ask, do you, do you pray simply because you can? Do you pray simply because you can? Not, not are you praying in those big moments, not are you praying when those challenges of life come. I expect that that's happening. I expect that, that we are turning to, to prayer. We are turning to God in those, those times of challenges, in those big events. But do you pray just on a day-to-day basis simply because you can? Listen, we have a God that neither sleeps nor slumbers. That comes from, from another psalm that we're not looking at today. But we don't have to wake God up. He doesn't have to be awakened. We don't have to get his attention. We have a God whose ears and whose heart is always available to us. And beyond that, what scripture tells us is that we have a God that cares for us. He cares for us in in the big things, but he also cares for us in the small things. And so what a great opportunity we have as humans to, to come before God, the one who loves us, the one who created us, to come before the God of the universe and to spend time in prayer simply because we can. And so if you're not talking with God, if you're not praying on a consistent basis simply because you can, then I would encourage you, begin. Don't wait for those big events. Don't wait for the challenges of life to come your way. Begin praying today. Begin talking with God today simply because you can. And so this prayer that David prays here in in Psalm 62, once again, it's a prayer that's not linked to any specific event in David's life. David is simply praying because he can. And what we're going to see as we look at this song, uh, what we're going to see as we look at this prayer is that this is a prayer of confidence, that David is confident when he prays. But understand, David's confidence, as he comes before the Lord in prayer, David's confidence is not in himself. It's not in his own strength. It's not in his own ability. It's not in his works. It's not in his religious faithfulness. David's confidence to come before the Lord in prayer, David's confidence is in the Lord himself. David is confident in the Lord. And I believe that that it's because David is confident in the Lord that, that we have all of these wonderful songs, that we have all of these wonderful prayers here in the book of Psalms, that we get to see all of these moments that he's spending in prayer. I believe he's because he's confident in the Lord, we see that he's spending all of this time in prayer with the Lord. But I would also argue 
that David is not only praying because he's confident in the Lord, but I would argue that, that David is confident in the Lord because he's praying, because he has spent all of this time in prayer. You see, when we spend time in prayer, when we spend time talking with God, when we spend time taking all of our cares, all of our worries, all of our needs, all of our desires, when we spend time simply praising and worshiping the Lord in prayer, what happens is our confidence in the Lord begins to grow. And part of that for David, I believe, is because he saw... God's faithfulness to respond to his prayers time and time again. As David cried out to God on a consistent basis, he saw God answering his prayers, responding to his prayers. And so because of that, his confidence in the Lord just, just naturally began to grow. You know, when my, my family uh, began talking about and, and praying about moving down here to Stockdale, Sarah and I, we were able to to pray confidently, and we were able to lead our children to pray confidently because we had been through this before. We had, we had seen God move us before from Tulsa to, to Fort Worth, and we had seen God, as we prayed in the past, we had seen God lead us, and we had seen God take care of us. We had seen God's faithfulness to us, and so as we had seen God faithful to us in the past, we were able to come before the Lord and pray about something new, pray about God doing something new, taking us somewhere new. We were able to pray confident in the Lord because we had seen God respond to our prayers in the past. You see, the more we spend time in prayer, the more we're going to grow confident in the Lord. The, the more we build that relationship with the Lord, the more we're going to become confident in the Lord. And so we pray confidently because we are confident in the Lord, but we're confident in the Lord because we pray. We pray confidently because we're confident in the Lord, but we're confident in the Lord because we pray. And so bottom line, if you aren't praying consistently simply because you can, then begin because you're going to see this confidence in the Lord begin to be produced in your life as you see God walk with you and work with you in all of these things that you're bringing before him in prayer. Now, you might say, well, I don't really know where to begin to pray. Maybe that's a struggle. Maybe that's, not why you're, maybe that's why you're not praying consistently because you just don't know where to begin to pray. And so let me just offer you a, suge a suggestion. Begin praying the Psalms. Begin praying the Psalms because what we've seen in these songs each and every week are these beautiful prayers from David. David has cried out to the Lord, lifted his voice to the Lord. And so these prayers, just like I said last week, these prayers, these songs, these are songs that David could sing personally, but they're also songs that we can sing. They're, they're, they're prayers that David could pray personally, but they're also prayers that we can pray as well. And let me just say, you can never go wrong when you pray God's word. You can never go wrong when you pray God's word because when you pray God's word, you can know that you are praying truth. And you can know that you're praying prayers that God has been faithful to hear to uh, to hear in the past and, and been faithful to respond to in the past as well. And so just as David prayed these prayers, you and I, we can turn to these prayers. We can turn to the book of Psalms and we can pray these prayers 
as well, and we can pray in confidence. So with that in mind, let's read this final psalm in this series, Psalm 62, verses 1 through 12. David says, I am at rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I will never be shaken. How long will you threaten a man? Will all of you attack as if he were a leaning wall or a tottering fence? They, they only plan to bring him down from his high position. They take pleasure, pleasure in lying. They bless with their mouths, but they curse inwardly. Rest in God alone, my soul, for my hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I will not be shaken. My salvation and glory depend on God, my strong rock. My refuge, my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is our refuge. Common people are only a vapor. Important people an illusion. Together on a scale, they weigh less than a vapor. Place no trust in oppression or false hope in robbery. If wealth increases, don't set your heart on it. God has spoken once. I have heard this twice. Strength belongs to God, and faithful love belongs to you, Lord. For you repay each according to his works. Now, as we start off looking at this psalm this morning, I want to begin by highlighting what David says there in verse 1. He says, I am at rest in God alone. Now, that's the way the CSB translates it. You might find in your translation that it says, truly my soul silently waits for God. Uh, again, regardless of translation, David is starting out this prayer, starting out this song with words of confidence in the Lord. But as we think about the different ways that, that this verse is translated, I want to offer you some clarity so that we can walk away with, with good application for this verse this morning. So the idea that David is communicating here is that he is both waiting and resting. He's both waiting and resting. Certainly, as David has prayed in the past, there were times that he would cry out to God that he would lay his request before the Lord... And then he would have to wait to see God respond. He would have to wait to see God accomplish his will in, in his perfect timing and in his perfect way. David's prayers were, were not always answered immediately as soon as David said, Amen. Let me say that again. David's prayers were not always answered immediately as soon as he said, Amen. I know we live in a very instant gratification culture, right? We want what we want immediately, right? But there are times that, that we lay our requests before the Lord. There are times when we come before the Lord in prayer, and then we have to wait for God to respond. And so what David is communicating here is that in his waiting, he was also resting. In his waiting, he was also resting. You know, my grandpa... He had a saying when I was a kid, he would say, it rests you to eat. It rests you to eat. In other words, after he would have a, a big meal and his stomach was full, he'd sit down on the couch, turn the TV on, and he would fall asleep. All the dads in here said amen, right? He would say, it rests you to eat. Now, when David says that he's both waiting and resting, he, he doesn't mean that he's taking a nap. 
But what he does mean is that as he waited on the Lord to respond to his requests, as he waited on the Lord to respond to his prayers, his heart, his mind, and his soul were able to be at peace. His heart, his mind, and soul were able to be at rest. Why? Because his confidence was in the Lord. So let me just pause right here and say this. It rests you to trust in the Lord. It rests you to trust in the Lord. You see, when we trust that the Lord is faithful, when we trust that the, that the Lord can work all things together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose, when we trust that God is going to take care of things, even if God does things in a different way than, than we might have planned or expected, when we trust that God is going to do things for his perfect will, for his perfect plan, when we trust in the Lord, then we can have confidence in the Lord. And when our confidence is in the Lord, then we will be able to be at rest. It rests you to trust in the Lord. And so David starts out this song, this prayer, by saying, I am at rest in God alone because David's trust, David's hope, David's confidence was in the Lord. And, and and really, this confidence that, that he had in the Lord was rooted in who he knew God to be. He says in verse 2, He alone is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I will never be shaken. He make, makes this declaration of who God is, and he declares that, that, that this is why he has his confidence in the Lord. Because he alone is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. Therefore, I will never be shaken. And so then as we continue in this passage, as we see David proclaim this truth of who God is, as we see David proclaim why his confidence is in the Lord, then we see David's mind begin to turn to different individuals or different groups of people. And this is where our main points are going to come from today. Because I believe that as we look at David's song here, and as we see David's mind begin to turn to these different groups or different individuals, I believe that, that as we have our confidence in the Lord, as we know where our confidence is, and, and as we know who God is, our rock, our stronghold, our salvation, as we know these things, then I believe that, that there are different groups or different individuals that we need to proclaim this truth to. So who do we need to proclaim it to? Well, first, we need to proclaim it to our enemies. We need to proclaim it to our enemies. Let's look at verse 3 again. It says, How long will you threaten a man? Will all of you attack as if he were a leaning wall or a tottering fence? We need to proclaim it to our enemies. As David is reminded of his confidence in the Lord, as David is reminded of who God is, his stronghold and his salvation, his mind immediately begins to turn to his enemies. Why? Well, because David is thinking about how strong his God is. And so maybe his enemies are strong. Maybe the threats from his enemies are fierce. David recognizes his God is stronger. His God is bigger than, than all of that. And so it doesn't matter how strong his enemies might be. It doesn't matter how fierce their threats might be. David recognizes the size and the strength of his God. So there's actually a debate among commentators as to who David is referring to when he uses those words, leaning wall and tottering fence. Some commentators link this to 
David, saying that David's referring to himself, that, that as these attackers come his way, that they are treating David like he is a leaning wall and a tottering fence, that he himself is weak. Other commentators would say that, uh, that David is linking this to the one that is on the attack. That, that they are doing the attacking, but really, in the end, they are just a leaning wall and a tottering fence. That really, while, while they're acting strong, they're really just weak. And so the, quest, the question might be, who is correct? Who is the tottering wall? Who is the leaning fence? Is it the attacker? Is the attacker the leaning wall and tottering fence? Or is it the one being attacked? Is, is David the leaning wall and the tottering fence? And so this is how I would reply, yes, yes, the, the attacker is the leaning wall and the tottering fence. At the end of the day, regardless of how strong they might pretend to be, they really are just weak. And, and David or those being attacked are really just the, the leaning wall and the tottering fence because in and of themselves, they are simply weak. You see, again, David's focus is on the strength of his God. And, and as we're overwhelmed with the strength of our God, when our focus is on how strong God is, man, we understand how weak we are, but we also understand how weak everyone else is as well. In the end, it doesn't matter who you are in comparison to the strength of God, we are all the leaning wall and tottering fence. We are all completely weak, completely powerless, apart from God's strength. And so even in the face of our enemies, we can proclaim who God is as our strength. We can proclaim who God is as our stronghold and our salvation. We can proclaim who God is. But understand, as we proclaim who God is as our strength, as our salvation, as our stronghold... There's a greater weight to this on this side of the cross. Because we understand we have a very real spiritual enemy that we cannot defeat on our own. And I'm not talking about Satan. I'm talking about our own sin. When it comes to our own sin in our lives, we are a leaning wall and a tottering fence. We cannot overcome our sin in our own strength. We cannot overcome the bondage of our sin. We can't overcome the weight of our sin in our own strength. But I want you to know, because of Christ, our sin is just a leaning wall and a tottering fence. Because our sin has no power under the weight of the cross. And so because Christ went to the cross, because he bore the weight of your sin and mine upon himself... Because he was the perfect, holy, blameless, and eternal sacrifice for us, we can come to him with our sin, we can come to him with our guilt, we can come to him with our shame, and we will find in him victory and freedom. Because while we might be a, long, uh, a leaning tower and a tottering fence, he is our stronghold and our salvation and so even in the face of this very real spiritual enemy, our own sin, we can proclaim that our confidence is not in ourselves. We can proclaim that our confidence is in the Lord. We can proclaim the truth of who God is, our stronghold and our salvation. Understand, David seeing God as, as a stronghold and as his salvation 
over his physical enemies was really just this foreshadowing for us of the stronghold and salvation that we have in Jesus Christ through his death and resurrection. So we need to proclaim this to our enemies, our greatest enemy being sin. Second, we need to proclaim it to ourselves. Let's look at verses 5 and 6 again. David said, Rest in God alone, my soul, for my hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I will not be shaken. We need to proclaim it to ourselves. Now, I want you to notice the slight difference that we see between verse 1 and verse 5. In verse 1, David says, I am at rest in God alone. But in verse 5, he says, rest in God alone, my soul. What he does in verse 1 is he makes this statement, I am at rest. But then when we get to verse 5, David is giving this command here to himself, really to his soul. He's saying, rest in God. You see, while, while David recognizes that he can rest in God because God is his stronghold and because God is his salvation, David also recognizes this truth. Sometimes we ourselves need to be reminded to rest in God alone. Sometimes we ourselves need to be reminded to rest in God alone. You know, knowing something and putting it into practice are really two different things. Knowing that you need to get eight hours of sleep every night so that your body can be rested, but being able to shut your mind off so that you can fall asleep and get those eight hours of sleep, right? Those are two completely different things, which, which by the way, if I find that I'm staying up uh, wrestling with stuff at night, maybe stuff is just going through my mind, what I'll do is I'll make a list uh, of all the things running through my mind, I'll email it to myself so that I know I won't forget this stuff and I can put my mind at ease and then I'll be able to get that, that sleep, that rest that my body needs. Here what we see David doing, although he knows that God is his stronghold and, and his salvation, he's reminding himself, he's reminding his soul of this truth once again so that he can put trusting the Lord into practice. So that his soul can be at ease, not so that he can sleep, but so that he can simply be at rest in the Lord. Sometimes we ourselves need to be reminded to rest in God alone. And so what we have to do at times is very intentionally proclaim to ourselves who God is. We have to proclaim to ourselves what God has done so that we can be reminded of God's victory in our lives. And, and, and I would say this, that we should never grow weary in reminding ourselves of the gospel. We should never grow weary in reminding ourselves of the gospel, of the good news that, that Jesus came into this world, that he died on the cross for your sins and mine. We should never grow weary in hearing and proclaiming that truth. It should be something that is on repeat in our lives every single day. So when I was a kid living here in Stockdale, there was a period of time before I started school that my dad would uh, drive me over to Lavernia every day so that uh, a lady could take care of me. She had a daughter that was my age, and so every day she would watch uh, both me and, and uh, her daughter. And so just down the street from their house was the little girl's grandma's house. And so every day without fail... 
we would walk down the street and we would go over to her grandma's house and, and we would take the, the VHS tape of Dumbo and we would put that in and we would watch Dumbo every single day. Now, if you have little kids, you know how common that is for, for kids to want to watch the same thing over and over again or listen to the same song over and over again to just have that on repeat. It didn't matter how many times we watched Dumbo we never got tired of it. Understand, the gospel should be on repeat in our lives. The gospel should be on repeat in our lives. It should be something that we remind ourselves of day in and day out. We should never grow weary of reminding ourselves of the gospel. Because here's the deal. When, when the trials of life come... When the challenges of life come, when we're going through those struggles, even when we're faced with temptations, we can remind ourselves of the gospel and we can be reminded that we are living for something more than this, right? No matter how long we might be in a challenge or a struggle, we can be reminded that this life isn't it. There is something greater that we are living for and there's something greater that we have in Jesus Christ. When we're faced with those temptations, we can be reminded because of the gospel that we have a spirit living inside of us, giving us the power and the ability to overcome that sin and temptation. We should remind ourselves of the gospel. We should remind ourselves of the truth, like David proclaims here, that, that God is our salvation, that God is our stronghold. Because when we remind ourselves of this truth, what we will find is that no matter what we are facing, when our confidence is in the Lord, we will be able to be at rest. So we need to proclaim it to our enemies. We, we need to proclaim it to ourselves. But finally this morning, we need, need to proclaim it to all people. We need to proclaim it to all people. Let's look at verse 9 again. It says, common people are only a vapor. Important people and illusion. Together on a scale, they weigh less than a vapor. We need to proclaim it to all people. So we tend to group people into three different classes. Lower class, middle class, upper class. David groups people into to two classes. Common people and important people. You can think to yourself which group you think you're in. Common or important. I'll tell you, I think that I am a common person. But listen, at the end of the day... None of it matters. It doesn't matter. If you're a common person, your life is a vapor. And if you're an important person, really the importance is just an illusion and your life is also a vapor. It doesn't matter whether you're common or important. At the end of the day, at the end of this life, we all have the same future. We're here today and we're gone tomorrow and so really what David is getting at is, is this truth. Regardless of stature, we all need a Savior. Regardless of stature, we all need a Savior. It doesn't matter if you're common. It doesn't matter if you're important. Regardless of stature, we all need a Savior. Therefore, every single person in this world needs to hear about this God that can be our salvation. Every single person in this world needs to hear about this God that can be our stronghold, our rock throughout this life and in eternity. Every single person needs to hear about this God that David had confidence in, this God that the disciples had confidence in, this God that if you've given your life to Christ that you and I have confidence in. Every single person needs to hear 
about our God. It doesn't matter who you are, common or important. Regardless of stature, we all need a Savior. And let me just tell you, if you haven't picked up on this already today, that Savior is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one who God has revealed to be our stronghold and our salvation. He's the one that has been revealed to be our rock. And if you will put your trust in Jesus Christ, if like David you will put your your trust and your confidence in God and in God alone, Jesus being God in the flesh, if you will put your trust in him, if you will find your confidence in him, then a song of rest will be on the soundtrack of your life. But the question is, as we get ready to close today, is have you put your trust in God and God alone? Have you allowed Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life? Are you still trying to do all of this on your own? Are you still trying to overcome sin all on your own? Are you still living as that leaning wall and tottering fence? Or have you placed your hope, have you placed your trust in God and God alone. And if you've never allowed Jesus to become the Lord of your life, if you've never placed your hope and faith in him, then I want to give you the opportunity to respond this morning. In just a moment, we're going to sing another song. And as we sing this song, this will be your opportunity to respond. And today, if you're here, if you would say, I've never given my life to Christ, I've never allowed him to be the Lord of my life. But today, recognizing That Jesus went to the cross, he died for my sins, he rose again. Today, if you're ready to put your trust in him and in him alone, then I would invite you to respond. I'm going to be standing down front. I would invite you to step out of your seat as we sing. Come and join me down here. Today, you can know God as your stronghold and, and as your salvation through Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here and you would say, I've given my life to Christ, but I've never taken that next step of baptism to publicly profess my faith in Jesus Christ. We've got several baptisms on the schedule already. I'd love to add yours as well so that you can tell everyone that you know Jesus as your Lord. Maybe you're here and you would say, I've given my life to Christ and and I've already followed with that baptism by immersion. I've been visiting First Baptist Church Stockdale. I know that God's calling me to make this my church home. If God's calling you to connect your life with this church body, to to be on mission with us in this community and around the world, if God's calling you to become a member here at First Baptist Church Stockdale, I would invite you to respond as well. I'd love to talk with you and pray with you, and we can make that decision together this morning. Whatever it is that God's calling you to do, I would just encourage you, respond obediently in these final moments. Would you stand with me right now and let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Thanks for listening to our weekly message podcast. At the end of every service, I offer an invitation to respond, and I'd like to invite you to respond today. If you'd like to make Jesus Christ your Lord, or if you'd like information about membership here at First Baptist Stockdale, then head on over to fbcstockdale.org respond. Your response will come directly to me, and I'll follow up with you this week. God bless you, and have a great week.